there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. I don't know, Dr. Batar, if you got the memo, but we were going to do Advanced Medicine Tuesday this week, but I got snowed out. So we're doing normal time. I, so it didn't matter. You're here, you're here, and we're ready to go. I saw your message that came through, and then the second message said, never mind, so I didn't bother reading the first one. Well, then that's fine, because like I said, I was going, you know what? We can actually ski. It's MLK Day. The kids are off school, and then... So much snow came down that they closed the canyons. You couldn't even get there. I'm like, in the southeast where I grew up and you were there for many years, if you were snowed out of of skiing, it meant there was no snow, <laughs> you know, like normal. Here, it's like, no, no, there's too much. You're not allowed. It's too dangerous. You can't even get here. So anyway, I find that funny. New adventures every day, depending on where you are on planet Earth, there's always a new experience to have. That's true. That's very, very true. And one of the uh, the new experiences for a lot of people waking up to the danger of vaccinations is uh, finding out that they are in the top 10 list of, of, of the, the threats to health in 2019, according to the World Health Organization. Did you see that? I did. I actually did. And it was actually uh, something that I sent to Super Don that I thought we needed to cover. That is one I sent, right? Or is that? Yeah, it is indeed. And in fact, we covered it uh, a few days ago when it first broke. They talk in, in terms of vaccine hesitancy. But of course, what the mainstream media narrative has been since that point in time, New York Times, you name it, it's about anti vaxxers, threats to global health in 2019. My gosh, how unscientific they are. We've got to find a way to inoculate against them. I'm like, wow, man. They are really scared. They are really desperate, Dr. Batar. And, you know, obviously we're a well-oiled machine. We've got multi-billions of dollars like Big Pharma. Maybe we've got more secretly hidden that's funding this campaign to convince people that vaccines aren't scientific. Yeah, the multi-millions of dollars of in our arsenal of our uh, assets that we have ready to mobilize at any given instance so that we can negate this uh, vaccine movement. It, it's actually, but first, first I need to say that a very, very close friend of mine actually sent me this article, which there are more and more people that are becoming aware. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago. Um, in fact, um, Amanda, who is the sister, that was one who had the baby at the, in, in the hospital. We had that discussion where two different nurses came up to her and told her how many other parents that were having babies that same day had opted not to have vaccinations. In fact, I think she was the third or fourth person that particular day that had a baby in that particular small community hospital. And in private, one of those nurses shared with her that she personally did not believe in the vaccination aspect anymore. And so more and more people are becoming aware. So you know that they're getting desperate. Now when they start to list people as among the top 10 highest risk factors, because it's, it's obviously evident from just what they did with about who did, but it's also evident when you are in the trenches and talking to people and you find out that more and more and more people are becoming aware of it. So it's kind of like Lyme's disease. You know, Lyme's disease, they say, 
is a great masquerader, and that uh, I think the CDC estimated that it was about 10 million cases of Lyme, but there was also estimates that it's 10 times greater the actual incidence of Lyme than what they project. So if it's 10 million that they think is affecting the population, I think that's in the U.S., or maybe it's mm-hmm. in the whole planet, I don't remember. But if it's 10 times greater than what we think, that would be 100 million people. So it's like a cockroach. You see one, you know there's a thousand behind the wall. Yeah, right. Exactly. We talk about that when one person asks a question of us here or, or use some other uh, forum. There are thousands of others that have similar or almost the same question. And, and you're, you're right. And, and they've even said it regarding the vaccine adverse event reporting system. The government's own statisticians say that might be 1% of all adverse events are being reported. And I said that that we're rapidly coming to a time, just like everybody knows somebody who has had cancer or died from it or the treatment for it. So you have a whole stadium full of people at the World Series standing up against cancer. Stand up if you know somebody, right, that's been affected. You're going to get very quickly to that point where you'll be in a stadium of people. Stand up if you know somebody with some someone who's on the autism spectrum. And pretty soon you're going to figure out they were fine until they got vaccinated and then they went downhill, like the stories that are being told. And yet. The New York Times has the audacity and other uh, agencies has the audacity to say, well, it's it's a well-orchestrated, well-oiled machine, very well-funded. And I'm thinking, you know that Big Pharma has like, what, five lobbyists for every member of Congress and ha- has thrown billions at this thing? And like, where's that money coming from on our side, Dr. Batar? I mean, many of us just trying to get by month to month. It's like all the women and moms and dads with children who are autistic barely can make ends meet the time that they have just to talk about this stuff. Well, see, this is the thing why the popularity of President Trump exploded within the working class because they understand that there's so much misinformation that's perpetuated. And even if everything that President Trump has said may not be accurate, regardless of what that is, the one thing that has resonated with me is the fake media. Because you know and I know how much the media propagates misinformation for the agenda or for the whatever whatever the agenda is of, of the hierarchy, whoever's in control for the medical industrial complex. We know that. I know that when when the medical board came after me and all the heinous things that the media put out, none of which was true, none of which was substantiated. And in fact, three years later when we were in court, it was my attorney was talking to me and said something to the extent of did they not even review this? They asked for a thousand, over a thousand pages of medical records, which, by the way, they reviewed in less than two hours. And it was, they had accused me of never having seen these patients and never having examined them, never having encountered, uh, engaged with them. And yet, in the charts, there were handwritten notes with my signatures of procedures and, and interactions and things that I had done for the patient. But there was no, uh, there was no, nobody bothered to look at the facts before they reported it in the media. So they just basically hung the person out to drive for whatever. What, remember, bad news travels a lot faster than good news, right? So bad news sells more. So they want to make a villain out of anyone because that's going to sell their, their advertising dollars better than if it's good news. So obviously the media has had a problem with telling the truth. We know that. That's one reason you're like one of the few uh, venues where people can actually get the truth out. Now we've got the media like this, the New York Times putting this out, and when President Trump says something about fake, fake news, it resonates with me right now because I know that yes. I've been affected by this fake news aspect. And many people, like every parent that has a child with autism, has been affected by fake news because they are tired and they are upset. 
upset and they are saddened and they are distraught that they've seen something with their child. They've seen the injury the child has sustained. And then they mm-hmm. bring it to the doctors and they bring it to the government's uh, notice. And what happens instead of saying, oh, let's look into this, it's whitewashed. It's cleaned up. And then they're labeled as being eccentric parents or irresponsible parents or now top 10 greatest risks to the, to the World Health Organization yeah. movement of, of uh, you know, health risks. So, I mean, this well, is, it's crazy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and Dr. Bittar, to your point, is exactly what I was saying about somebody knows somebody. Everybody knows somebody with cancer. or That same scenario is happening with vaccine injury. And just like you said about the personal aspect of why Trump resonates. You know, we might not agree 100% on everything, and it's like I've said this politically. If you agree with someone 100% of the time, there's no need for one of you. Okay? This is not a a, a time for congruity. There's always going to be something. What? Well, wait, wait, wait a second. That means that maybe you and I, then one of us is not needed here, Robert. No, we, hey, we found little nuance of disagreements. I mean, like, I don't know if it's a pineapple on pizza thing, but I mean, there's something, something different, right? So the point, the point I'm making here is, is that. That was close. I thought one of us wasn't needed. No, poof, one of us gone. No, no. It's not like Thanos snapped his finger for those of you Marvel Comics fans. We are talking about the reality when confronted with media. Now, why would we, we, we call it fake news? A lot of people are like mad at Trump because, oh, it's fake. Well, it's, if it's destroying the narrative that you want communicated, you get mad at him. But the reality is he's called out the news because they've reported on him so ridiculously. There's not any critical thinking skills engaged and involved, right? What is right? What is wrong? No, we're not going to discuss that. It's just all. So when we talk about, like, for instance, the attacks on you, this is very personal. You found out firsthand how the media would make stuff up, lie, not communicate, or even if they did communicate with you, take your words out of context or completely ignore them. And you go, there's a lot of fake news going on long before Trump came on the scene. We know it personally, and anybody who has vaccine-injured children know it firsthand. Without a doubt, without a doubt. In fact, Robert, it's interesting that after the 2020 segment that aired, which has aired a couple of times now, I made a decision that I will never, and PBS, too, when Frontline, they interviewed me, I have made a decision maybe about eight, nine years ago that I will never, ever do another national TV program interview unless we have our own independent cameras rolling simultaneously so we can then show really what they did. When, uh, when, when they take the final edited components, they will change the order and take things out of context and put them together to make you sound like you said something totally different than what you actually said. It was absolutely amazing how they do this. And mm-hmm. they can get away with it they, because their agenda is, you know, it, you and I may think they want to put out the right information, and yet when they put it together and they send it out, my, my staff was livid when they saw, and friends of mine, when they saw the, the uh, 2020 segment that was aired. Now, I told them that it, it didn't really matter. For, I'll give you a perfect example of what they said. They, they brought this up, uh, they brought this thing up about, um, well, I, don't, I, I won't get into the details of it. I'll talk about that, the IEDFW video um, segment when we do a- after the radio show. But their, their agenda is to get some type of message across. And it seems to be that their, their message that they're trying to get across is serving the purposes of the medical industrial complex, specifically the pharmaceutical industry. Because if it were not, it would not be biased against the person that they're interviewing if they are promoting an agenda that is something other than a pharmaceutical intervention, something yeah. other than what's uh, prescribed uh, for a specific type of condition. So it's, it's just an observation that it, they, they never seem to be biased against 
big pharma. They never seem to talk about the Vioxx that killed, you know, what is it, 50,000 people before they took it off the market, or any other drug that killed 25, 50, 100,000 people. They only want to talk about the ephedra that kills one or two people. That right. The IV treatment for CPA. Well, the, the drug and vaccine dangers, if they exist, which we know they do, they go into the memory hole. And they'll report on it to say, hey, we're media. But again, they're not like Cheryl Ackeson, actually a, a real investigative journalist, or John Rappaport, or Jeffrey Jackson, or what we do here, or our buddy Del Bigtree. By the way, I posted to the IADFW my interview with him from last week about the real ID, how it's the backdoor to adult vaccine mandates in the United States. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. in the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show two hours a day six days a week and one special hour uh, with dr rashi batar we call advanced medicine you go to advancedmedicine.com we have links in the show notes at robertscottbell.com archives are also there including searchable archives which we don't have in general but specific to advanced medicine dr batar has got a team put, putting that together which is awesome and uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, UK Health Radio, and simulcast on YouTube, and also special segments that we put up on brighteon.com, our buddy, the health ranger, Mike Adams. Now, uh, let's see. We've got questions of the day coming in, so let's, let's dive in. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. This one's from our good friend, Ula. She says, my sister-in-law was diagnosed with CLL, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, over a year ago. Recently, her results got worse, and doctors seem very negative and killing any hope, telling her it's the kind of cancer that can never be healed. I know they are full of poop (laughs) and would never recommend alternative holistic options. Please advise if you have any success with treating CLL. Uh, taking selenium, chromium, and silica seems obvious, but I need your professional perspectives, please. All right, Ulo, we can't play doctor on radio, but in general, we can provide information. Dr. Batar, CLL, you've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it, and we've treated it. And I think that one of the things that's important to mention here, and we've kind of talked about this, you, there are a lot of people that are, Chromium deficient and selenium deficient and silica deficient. Yes, but they don't have can they don't have chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Okay, mm-hmm. um, the part that we have to be very conscientious of and judicious in our thought process is that there is no panacea, and I think that when people start to learn something, and that old adage, a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous type of thing. You have to understand that from a universal, philosophical, 30,000 aerial viewpoint, it comes down to one of two things, usually a combination of both. One, it's a nutritional deficiency. Two, it's a toxicity issue. Usually it's a combination of both. And this is for all pathology, right? This is the, yes. the seven toxicities. Those are the, those, that's the, a lot of people talk about nutrition. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't talk about the toxicities. And if they do, they're talking about just the superficial type component. Mm-hmm. The seven toxicity philosophy that we have is basically about as encompassing as you can get. And, of course, it started off as three toxicities, went to seven toxicities over a period of uh, maybe 10 years or so. Maybe there'll be an eighth toxicity. Who knows? But the point is it's a toxicity issue and a nutrient deficiency that then leads to some type of a 
um, misalignment, if you will, or the machinery breaking down. And that machinery breaking down, that oxidative stress damage that the body's sustaining, then will manifest itself in either heart disease or cancer or whatever the case may be. So when you're looking at chronic, uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, you can't say, well, I've taken selenium, chromium, silica, and um, that seems obvious, but uh, what else do we need to do? You need to look at the toxicity issues, and you need to look at the nutrient deficiencies. And many times, you cannot do this effectively without, being, um, without having a healthcare provider that can assist you with the appropriate testing that's necessary or the treatments that are necessary. So I, I, I sometimes get a little bit frustrated because people think that you know, if you have a problem with your car, yeah, you can change the oil, but if there's anything bigger than that, then they're going to take the car in. But when it's dealing with something like cancer, they think that they can do it themselves, and, and it's unfortunately not the case. You can't prevent cancer on your, on your own thing. This is how you live your life, right? Uh, the, the, having appropriate 20 minutes of sunlight, making sure you're exercising, making sure you're drinking clean water, uh, organic food. Those are things you can do to prevent. But once you've got it, that boat has sailed now. You need some additional professional assistance to come in. If you think you can do it on your own, unless you are completely 100% of the belief, which I personally am, Mm-hmm. If you can believe yourself into being completely healthy. Most people will say that. Robert, you were right. there at the Advanced Medicine Conference when we talked about belief and we had the people raise right. up their hands. And, and, and how many people raised up their hands? And I said, and how many people would put your life on it? And a lot of those hands went down. Mm-hmm. There were four hands that still went up. And three of those hands were people that had already put their lives in my hands. They were patients of ours. So I said, you guys don't count because you already did it. So I know you. there was only right. one person that was willing to put up their hand and walk into that fire. So mm-hmm. when, if a person truly believes it, really in their heart, not like, oh, yeah, I believe it, but when, 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 the, when it comes down to it, then... Every fiber of your being. Exactly. To the point that you are willing to jump off that cliff because you know that you have the ability to fly, that type of thing. Unless you have that type of belief, it, you need professional help. You need professional assistance. You need somebody to help you. And I'm not saying professionally like, like an allopathic physician. I'm well, yeah, no, I, I think that's important to make that distinction. And I know what you mean by that, but some folks might, might not. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Again, it's not to say that nobody has ever overcome this without professional help. But you acknowledge that through the belief system and what you do to change it. By the way, with CLL or all these leukemia blood disorders, we are seeing a lot of other realm toxicity. We talk about electromagnetic frequency disruption as well. We're going to talk about that and other treatments for cancer coming up after the break. Say that masked man was. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Check out those upcoming events. They are a many. They're, they are a few. They're coming, including uh, the big one, and that is Advanced Medicine Conference. And Dr. Batara is hosting that in Pasadena, Los Angeles, California, over the Memorial Day weekend, the Saturday and Sunday of that uh, weekend. So uh, we look forward to that. There's going to be you know more announcements as we go. We have links up to get tickets, discounts for Robert Scott Bell Show listeners, and, of course, hopefully you're already members of the IDFW. There will be a special meeting for you there as well. Did I encapsulate some of what's going to go on there, Dr. Batar? Yes, you did. You most definitely did. But for everybody that's listening right now, I want you guys to, some of you may already know that we started a new YouTube channel, and we are posting certain segments from the radio show that are indexed and uh, broken down into small segments 
And that way, at the end of the show or during the post-show, when I may go into a certain subject in more detail, it's all combined together so it's relevant to that segment. But I want everybody to know that there's a special video that was just released. It's only a minute and 54 seconds, and it is Robert Scott Bell's Secret. <laughs> so if anybody wants to know what Robert Scott Bell's secret is, go to YouTube, uh, go to the YouTube channel, uh, just to search under... How could I have a secret? I mean, I'm pretty... I'm like... I'm like an open book on this show. I talk about, you know, that I was hospitalized for constipation as a child. I mean, I, there's nothing hidden here. Hey, this is not the one with the constipation study and poop jokes. This is a different video. Okay. But anyway, Robert Scott Bell's secret. I'm sure that uh, Super Don already saw it there. Super Don, do you have a poll with YouTube to have that polled immediately? Can you get that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Secret is on there. So if anybody's interested, wow. like it. Subscribe to the channel too. You know, that's like telling a magician's secret. I don't know. Yeah, you can't go out and do that. Oh my gosh! Well, speaking, the whole world can find it now. All right. Speaking of secrets, which we don't want to be secret, we were responding to Ula's question about uh, you know her family member with uh, CLL, and you know the the uh, and I I went to break and I mentioned one of the other aspects of toxicity in a lot of these bloodborne uh, illnesses, ailments, cancers, etc. Uh, we see a lot of electromagnetic disruption, EM field disruption. Now, it was in the, in the past we would talk about ionizing radiation, right? X-ray scans, CAT scans, all the radiation background, other things impacting. But non-ionizing radiation is proving to be another contributing factor to aberrant metabolism of the cell itself and manifest, manifesting even in cancer. So uh, I know you were hinting at a lot of the complexities here, and that's where people can and do benefit from help, not necessarily from allopathic doctors, as you said, but from those who know, who have been down this road, who have had success. So you can bring that into your sphere and transform your life by what you do, not only by what you believe, but that should also change what you do. Well, that's exactly the point. Belief, it comes down to belief. In fact, at the Advanced Medicine Conference, we're going to be talking a lot about that, and we're going to have certain tools that help people to adjust their belief system. Because you have to remember, thoughts are have an emotion to them, and those emotions will make us move in a certain direction. So thoughts are things, right? And things uh, have, have an emotion to that inside of those emotions that then help us to direct our beliefs, and those beliefs will transform into what actually reality becomes for us. So it's a very, very important part, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that part because I believe that certain patients, and why is it that some person that has stage 4 cancer multi-organ system failure, metastasis all over the place, given three months left to live, et cetera, et cetera. And 10 years later, they're still alive. And I have somebody else with a stage 2B cancer that doesn't have metastasis, that has no multi-organ system failure, that you can't even tell they have cancer and they die within two years. What's the difference? That they got the same treatment. So it's obviously not the treatment. It's actually the belief system. So I wanted to make sure that I pointed that out. But unfortunately, the vast majority of people don't have a sufficient belief system, not because of their own fault, but because our society has, promoted this concept that when you have cancer, it's a death sentence. So the belief system has been propagated into us to believe that cancer is terminal. So that's part of my mission, and that's part of Robert and I, why we do this together every week and have been doing it for almost a decade, is because we want people to understand the power to heal is truly yours. That's the reason we do this whole thing. So coming back to what you were talking about, Robert, with the EMFs and some of these other things that cause these changes, these subtle changes, they bear changes on the cellular level, we know that EMFs, for example, have a very, very detrimental effect. But we have 
also the knowledge on things that the smart meters, right? So a smart meter will put out whatever type of energetic frequency, whatever type of uh, negative energetic, and you can actually measure some of these things with the EMF meters. And you can put a plant in the same environment within the smart meter, within, say, a foot of it, and within two, three, four days, the plant's dead. But there's technology that's coming down the pipeline, and I'm not going to get into detail, but we've been working with this. We've, we've experimented with it. We've already done a study with 52 people and saw some amazing results. We're taking the same type of energetic but changing it, same smart meter. You measure with the same EMF device, same output. You put a plant there, but now the plant doesn't die. Not only does it not die, it actually starts to grow stronger and healthier, but it starts to go towards the smart meter. But when you measure the smart meter, it's the exact same output. So then what's going on? It's the same energy. It's the same output. What's going on? You're not blocking it. You're actually changing it into a cell resonant technology now. You're actually changing it and morphing it into something that before was destructive to life and is now conducive and enhances life. This is incredible. And I, again, I'm not going to, we did a, we did a IADFW webinar on this with members back on November 6th, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. So for those that are members, you have access to the webinar. It's not information that we want to put out there because of the sensitivity of it, but I'm, I'm still mentioning it because these types of subtle components, you can't, they're not, they're not medical treatments, but they are so imperative and so crucial to optimizing health, especially on our current plant right now with all the other things that are being introduced that can be detrimental to our systems. So mm -hmm. we need every edge that we can. And I'm glad you brought that up about the EMF and about the energetics because it's, it's a very important part. In fact, in the seven toxicities, it's the fourth toxicity. I call it the energetics. Ambient yes. cell phone radiation, uh, EMFs, and microwave technologies, all these different things. It's very, very detrimental to the body. All right. So let's talk about another form of energy when we talk about energizing. In this case, a study that talks about energizing the immune system to eat cancer. Now, they're referencing what are known as macrophages, okay, part of your immune system. They say that cancer cells somehow trick the macrophages to not do what they would normally do and eat them. And so in this research, which was published in the Nature Immunology Journal, they say researchers have found that rewiring macrophage metabolism can overcome this signal and act like an alarm clock to rouse and prepare macrophages to go to work. Now, my concern here, Dr. Patar, as it always is with allopathic thought form, is is it done in a uh, kind of a harmonious way that works with your body, or are they going to rewire it in, in a genetic way that then could have an un intended consequence of, my gosh, we got it now, the macrophages are eating the cancer again, but oh my gosh, look, they're eating all the good stuff too, because we rewired it, because nature knows what to do. So what's gone wrong is not that the macrophages can't do work, it's just something else that they're not acknowledging as they're saying, we're going to rewire the macrophages. You hear my concern there? Not only do I hear it, it is the correct question. Why are because we, we rehearsed this so well, right, Robert? <laughs> Once again, and yeah, I haven't even read the study yet, but I can tell you. I mean, we're again tracking exactly like we do. The question that they're asking is a wrong question. Okay, so you're concerned about is it possible that they're doing it? Uh, uh, they're doing it violating nature's design or mm -hmm. violating the ultimate engineer, the creator's design process, right? That's what you're exactly. Concerned. But but my my question even before that. Is the question that they're asking and, and, and then saying that the, we need to change the macrophages and rewire them, why are the macrophages not working the way they're supposed to be working in the first place? That's the question. Because as soon as you ask that question, then you realize, well, there's only one reason why they're not working. 
for actually only two reasons. One, there's not sufficient nutrients in order to allow them to work correctly, or two, there's some type of toxicity that's impeding them from functioning the way they should be. And by reprogramming or remorphing to morphologically adjust the macrophage is not the right answer because you still have it. This is like saying, okay, there's a fire, okay, and, and there's a fire that's causing this damage. So should we then put in the, put in the windows first or the carpet first to repair the carpet first or the windows first? Unless you put the damn fire out, it's going to have the same problem. You've mm-hmm. got to look at the cause. Why are the macrophages not working? Nutrients, toxicity, address that. And guess what? You won't need to reprogram the macrophages because the power to heal is yours. Mm. Well, I call this allopathic retardation. They're exhibiting allopathic retardation because they, they don't ask the right questions. And, you know, you have to say they're mentally uh, limited by their training because it isn't that, and you you know, I've talked about this. It isn't that we say doctors are stupid. They, they have to have great levels of intelligence to make it through med school, although they're very programmable. But the reality is they are trained not to ask these questions because it would eliminate the vast majority of what they've been trained to do in medical school, which ultimately is to find allopathic interventions, which are chemotherapeutic, radiational, surgical, sometimes necessary. But the point is they have been programmed not to see or ask the right questions. I think this goes back to the Flexner report because there was a hidden agenda. And I think Mm -hmm. that any time a doctor does ask a question and questions what we do, Yes, you're absolutely right. They are they are punished for it. Now, it's not that they're not. It's not that we're not trained to ask the questions. We are negatively reinforced that if you ask the question, mm. you are punished so that you learn not to ask questions and just follow the. Problem. You get a shock. It's shock treatment, like you're a rat in a maze. Like oh, don't, you keep going that way, you're going to get zammed. You you learn to stop asking because like well they didn't that didn't. I, I wasn't met with a, an encouraging, oh, I'm glad you asked that, or you're met with, don't ever ask exactly. that again. You know. That's exactly right. And the question, I mean, I, I wrote an article 15 years ago about one of the questions that I asked when I was in surgical residency, and it was, it was an eye-opening experience for me. But I will tell you that doctors that are stubborn, uh, that are pains in the rare end of the medical profession, i.e. myself, mm-hmm. and the doctors like me, we have been the ones that step out, not because we were more superior in knowledge or intellect, which, of course, I believe that I probably am, but no, actually, <laughs> completely frank. The reason is because, because we were intolerant of the fact that we were expected to blindly follow. And we just been, we're, we would be like the problem mm-hmm. children in a classroom. We would be the problem child that talks back to the teacher. Right? I, I really believe that, and, you know, we've talked about our journeys, how I was directed a different way into homeopathic medicine. It would have been ended in violence if I went to medical school because it, I was so repulsed by anybody limiting my questioning. It was like that just, you know, it was like rubs me the wrong way is an understatement. That's exactly what it is because they want to limit that, that, that thought process. So the question, it's not that we've taught not to ask those questions, it's that we reinforce that if you ask him, he's going to be punished. Yeah. All right. Well, we ask the questions here and we'll often provide you with some answers or lead you to your own ability to find those answers because that's the empowering aspect of advanced medicine. Folks, we got a lot more healing to go. One more segment to do it. And we're going to talk about American kids next. And there's a uh, percentage one in 20 that are this. We're going to find out what that is next. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, uh, 
in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. I agree. I believe we are rocking the health world, but for the better. Sometimes you got to you break it up a little bit and uh, rebuild, repair, and it's better than it was before. And we get to do that. That's Advanced Medicine here with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Remember, advancedmedicine.com, robertscottbell.com. Uh, Dr. Bittar, you're a dad. I'm a dad. We got kids. Not together, of course, but uh, we always have to delineate that now. People are so confused. Uh, they say one in 20 kids, this study, one in 20 American kids. You can have kids. mine if you want. Well, oh, yeah. No, no. Sometimes I'd say you can have mine. I was joking earlier today about, you know, raising kids with no vaccines and no antibiotics, and sometimes you go, gee, you know, if I had only drugged my kids, they'd have been a little easier to, to manage. But yeah, no, obviously, kidding. just just a joke. So uh, one in 20 kids, like, why would one in any number of kids be depressed or anxious? I mean, there are questions that are legitimate here, but I am always concerned with these surveys. They're leading mostly to, we need more mental health intervention. And that means government, public health policies that will lead you to pediatrician or pediatrician psychiatrist that will prescribe Adderall, Ritalin, or even SSRIs. Well, first question that I have for you, Robert, because, you know, I don't know if we covered this in a rehearsal, but uh, is it that you do not believe the statistic one out of 20? You know, I believe, no, no, I I believe that there are children that are depressed and anxious, but it's just bizarre to consider that, you know, in a, in an interesting society that we have, that even the, the, the poorest among us have TVs and cell phones, Right. You're thinking, well, we should all be happy. But then again, we've got to look and say, you know, are we as parents valuing the things that really matter? Right. If if we're going to see depression and anxiousness in children when they when they have all the food they need. Again, there's always somebody that's hungry and starving. But, you know, in in a general sense, I would look deeper and say, why? Why are these kids if they are indeed anxious and depressed? And we look at the vaccine issue. We look at the drug issue. We look at all the things that are not just the same thing we've been talking about for adults with uh, uh, leukemia, toxicity, deficiency, everything that we talk about just times 10 for these kids. That's exactly right. So it comes back down to, again, what is the right question to ask? So when you brought that up about the 120, the statistics are true. I know you're pointing to the concern about the drugs that now are going to be prescribed by the doctors that these children are going to be led towards. But the question that I have is why a one out of 20, and that the statistics are actually accurate. In fact, I would probably believe it's higher than that. And here's why. There was a study done by the Centers for Disease Control that showed one out of six women of childbearing age were mercury toxic in the United States. This is back in 2002-2003, the N. Haynes data that was released by the CDC. That same year, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out and uh, said that one out of six children being born in the United States were suffering from some type of a neurological deficit. Now, they didn't define what that deficit was, but it was anything from ADD, ADHD, to autism, to pervasive developmental delay, anxiety, whatever. So one out of 20 being depressed or anxious is not at all uh, far-fetched for me. I'm very, very concerned that these documents, these, the, these, uh, these statistics are, are actually, if anything, underreported, because I believe it is very, very high. And again, it comes back to why are these kids having this anxiety, why are they depressed? Because, exactly what you said, Robert, because of the use of many of these substances, like the vaccines and many of these drugs, side effects of drugs, the preservatives in the foods, the lack of nutrients in our, in our, in our food substances, and our values that we're teaching, the change in the family unit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, there's a lot of children that are depressed and that are anxious. The question, again, is why? Not, not to put them on those drugs, 
but to ask the question why. So if in right. 2002, the data from the American Academy of Pediatrics is one out of six children being born on the planet had some type of a neurological deficit, and the same ratio, one out of six women, has Murphy toxicity. That correlation, again, one out of six, one out of six. So am I surprised that depression and anxiety are part and parcel of that? Those are symptoms of ADD, ADHD, and some other, other neurological impairments. Yes, these children are toxic. Yes, because of the mercury. Yes, because of other things like formaldehyde, cadmium, nickel, all those things. But the only thing, and lead, of course, but the only thing that causes denudation neurofibrils is mercury. And so, again, yes, those statistics are, are true, but we don't need to cover them up with drugs. We need to detoxify them and give them the proper nutrients. Amen. Beautifully said. And, and folks, again, coming back to the spiritual aspect, the reason for being here. And if you're a parent and you don't know the reason, your kids might not. Maybe they're here to teach you the reason. But if they're vaccinated, they never get the opportunity. In many cases, as uh, Dr. Batara has said, these kids are here for a reason to transform us in many ways. And if they're injured through the vaccines and allopathic medical community, whether that was intentional or not becomes irrelevant. The fact remains we've got to remediate, reverse this course so that they can fully live out the reasons that they're here. And also you as parents and grandparents as well. So, Dr. Bittar, another great advanced medicine episode. It goes by so fast, Robert. It really does. It's probably the fastest hour of the day. All right. Well, let them know what they need to know because we got to go. The power to heal is unequivocally yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.